The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insight into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. My original guest scheduled for today was unable to fulfill that commitment, which provided the opportunity for me to actually talk today about my experiences over the last couple of weeks, which have been quite remarkable, as I've been involved with Finbar Ross on a sacred sites pilgrimage through southern France and moving through uh, to Paris and then the two are finished in Paris and uh, we've continued on so I'm actually speaking to you presently from a little hotel room the Angel Hotel in a little village called Wooten Bassett in the heart of England and we spent uh, today at uh, Stonehenge and Avebury and the Devil's Den which I, I will talk to you about Shortly, thanks to Gary Evans, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, gave me this little gem to go and view in the English uh, countryside. And today I felt um, really strongly to perhaps title, subtitle the show Victim, Perpetrator and Witness, because it's become clear to me over this uh, pilgrimage that we've been involved in over the last couple of weeks that we need, really, really need to embrace all of the archetypes before real and genuine healing can take place. And I'll take you through the journey that we have just uh, completed in terms of some of the events that took place. Um, but I, will, I really, really want to emphasize that we, we need to get out of judgment and we need to get into a place of love and compassion and forgiveness and support for each other. So this pilgrimage began in Nice, uh, actually, on the 9-11, September the 11th. And uh, we met in Nice, and there were 27 of us on the journey, big, big group. And we very quickly realized that it was completely based upon the Trinity of Three. We had 27 people in three different vehicles, nine people in, in three rows of three. So it was a three squared, three cubed, nine times three, 27, in terms of the whole uh, program a large group of people, and when you go on a pilgrimage with uh, people who are intent on uh, having their own experience and going through sacred sites and, and tuning in and doing their own inner work, with that number of people, inevitably uh, the issues that come up are compounded because of that number of people. So it's been really interesting to 
be the witness sometimes, be the perpetrator sometimes, and be the victim sometimes to see uh, how this has all unfolded for people. We started off visiting St. Baum, which was the site of Mary Magdalene's healing work in southern France. And on any, any pilgrimage, the intention is that you are going to have some physical challenges. You're going to have some discomfort. You're going to have some times when you don't feel that this is exactly what you really wanted to be doing. And we got off to a, a challenging start. The climb up to St. Baum is quite significant. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, cave inside the hillside at an elevated position above the landscape. And so for all 27 people to attempt this climb, um, this steady but steep climb, was in, in itself significant. Uh, and I was absolutely delighted and amazed that every single person got up to the top, to the cave, which demonstrated very quickly to me that everybody that was there was, was earnest and honest in their attempt to take on this pilgrimage. And what emerged for me very early on in this work was the Mary Magdalene healing energy of the sacred feminine. Whether you talk about Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Isis, it is the healing work of the sacred feminine. And just before we left, we came into the understanding and knowledge from the work of Mary Hardy that Mary Magdalene was very closely connected to the emerald fire which was essentially a grail cup created in the heart through grace and gratitude that ran down the arms and into the hands, um, actually revealing a, an, a green, emerald green aura along the arms. And the piece of music, Green Sleeves, was actually a signature tone or sound for the healing energies of the Magdalene. So when people played the music Green Sleeves, it was actually... Uh, an initiation into these energies. We also discovered that one of the important aspects of her work was working with certain fragrances. And uh, people have talked a great deal about the pineal gland and uh, pituitary gland and hypothalamus. Um, but again, the understanding from the Mary Magdalene energies that it is the amygdala, which is the key organ if transmutation required, because it carries the energy at the back stem of the brain of all of the fear and emotional stuff and damage that we've gone through and that we need to bring that energy forward from the base of the brain and bring it forward into the forehead, into two points uh, up on the either side of, of the third eye, up in the forehead, and bring that energy forward into the frontal lobes where we can shift our energies from a place of fear to a place of love and bliss and harmony and ecstasy. So when those energies move forward, we can shift our focus in our heart center to this place of, of divine love and divine connection. And she used these beautiful fragrances of myrrh and frankincense and rose um, and used these fragrances to stimulate uh, the olfactory systems within the brain structures to bring these energies forward. And so... Um, the healing energies of the Magdalene going to these places and with the knowledge that we now have is a, is a very, very powerful opportunity. But what happens is early on in, in, in this type of pilgrimage is it's essential, absolutely essential, that all of us clear out all of the dross, all of the uh, drama, all of the, the, the issues that we have not yet dealt with are left unresolved. And so inevitably, as we walk the first few days of the journey, 
um, everybody's stuff comes up and is amplified because such a large group is present. And I'm not going to go into any of the particular dramas that, that came up, but I think every single person at some point within the first couple of days had some form of tension or uh, animosity or conflict or frustration, whatever that energy was. And what was really, really important for all of us, and it's true for all of us in life too, is to take a good hard look at what it is that's stirring us up, what it is that's disturbing us, so we can actually see and do something about it ourselves rather than blaming someone else for the circumstances. Because they are merely acting as mirrors for us. And so they're showing us what it is that we have left unresolved within ourselves. And if you can deal with that stuff early on in the journey, then you can focus most of your time then on really tuning into the energies and the beautiful opportunities that await you on such a journey. We went to Sainte-Marie-de-la-Mer, which is on the coast near, near Marseille in the Camargue, which is where it is believed that Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, and the, and, and the two other Marys uh, came ashore after the crucifixion. So the Holy Family were in great danger and had to escape, and Joseph of Arimathea had the money and the ships and the wherewithal to do this, and so he brought them to the south of France. And in Saint-Marie-de-la-Mer, on the south coast of France, there is this very, very strong belief that uh, that is where Mary came ashore. And there's a beautiful uh, cathedral there uh, with a black Madonna in it, and this particular black Madonna is closely connected to Sarah, uh, and the gypsies uh, revere her every year in May. So we actually did a ceremony in the ocean, um, just looking out uh, and envisioning that boat, that ship, with Mary coming ashore and all of the other members of the family and the Essene community who were involved. And many of us on these sacred journeys are, without doubt, collecting up pieces of ourselves from the past. Uh, pieces that we left behind, pieces where we were in some way hurt or tortured, sometimes uh, pieces that were absolutely magnificent. But it seems to me that right now, as we're moving in towards this oneness, this time of unity, that we're all now collecting these aspects of ourselves on these sacred journeys. And, and for those who feel a strong connection to the Christ energy, the Mary energy, the Essene community, Western Europe, um, it's a wonderful opportunity to get a sense of what role you may have played or what you may have been involved in in, in these circumstances. And for each person, uh, the same situation creates a different response and a different reaction. So we spent some time on the, in the water, in the actual ocean, in the magnificent cathedral, and Finbar Ross has, has done this journey several times, so he's very aware of the power spots inside the different churches and cathedrals that we visited uh, and, and was able to show us and point out to us the particular spots of, of great significance. Most of the cathedrals uh, that we visited and, and we do visit have a couple of very, very important features. One is that they have a very tall spire and the other is that they have a well. And the spire reaches up to the heavens, to the celestial realms, to, to, the, to God, to the Christ. And the well reaches down to the mother, deep, deep within the earth. And so as we walk into the cathedral or the church or the chapel, then what we're doing is walking between the two worlds, the as above and the so below. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us to connect 
with the earth energies from deep down in the emotional body at the same time connecting up to the heavens. And in some ways the great irony is the more work that we do internally, emotionally clearing out all of the barriers and all of the issues that need doing, uh, then the easier it is to connect from the clarity that we have with the as above. And so we spend some time at the well in San Marie de la Mer working with these energies to clear them so that we could be crystal clear for the rest of the adventure. We're coming up to our first break now, so I'll take the break there and I'll return. And uh, we'll go back to Carcassonne on our return after this break. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tong. Thank you for joining me today. Just a reminder to go to my own website, www.petertongue.com. Lots of information there for you. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light class there. I'm a little bit behind on my uh, local work as I've uh, been away now for almost three weeks and will be returning to home uh, next Tuesday. Um, we are at the end of a beautiful sacred site journey that we've uh, undertaken and are still continuing for a few more days, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I'm now going to take you to Carcassonne in the south of France, which is a beautiful medieval, probably the most uh, profoundly beautiful visual impact of a medieval fairy castle town, still fully functioning as a town, 
within the castle walls. And Carcassonne is really important because it was the site of the Cathar or Inquisition that took place against the Cathar people. It was the sort of headquarters of, of that particular region. So a lot of uh, people were rounded up within the walls of, of Carcassonne and tortured and, and ultimately killed. And probably uh, the most famous line in the whole of that uh, Inquisition, which was taking place in the early 1200s, was Simon de Montfort was an English uh, knight who was given the job of leading the Albigensian Crusade against the Cathars. And uh, the alleged word is either he said to him, he, it was said to him or he said to someone else, I think it was a, uh, one of his leaders basically said, um, you know, we've got all these people we've ran and what we don't know which ones are Cathars and which ones aren't. And he said, kill them all, God will decide. And so it was a pretty brutal event. And so what I want to talk about now is, is going into, into Carcassonne, into the church there. Um, as I was tuning into the energies in, in the church and, and moving around the church and going into meditation, um, I got this very, very strong uh, realization that uh, in terms of clearing the energies of Carcassonne, which we were there to do, it was definitely part of our work, was that we tend to focus all of our energies on the victims. And the true Cathars, the true perfecti, were so highly evolved and so pure that they actually um, didn't suffer as, as much as the regular people did in, in the sense that they left their bodies uh, quite early on in, in the process and, and ascended. They were already able to do that. But what I got very, very strongly was that a lot of the beings that are trapped in between the worlds uh, in Carcassonne and that area are actually the people who did the torturing and the killing. If you want to call it purgatory, that's what it seemed to be like um, for them. And also the people who witnessed these events, some of whom uh, probably felt they should have died, that they were part of the, the, the Cathars that got away with it um, in that sense, but also felt incredibly guilty that they were still alive. And, and I've talked to people um, returning from the Second World War, for example, returning from Vietnam, who survived and how difficult that has been, of being one of the survivors, uh, as well as those who passed on. So I was absolutely amazed to turn a corner in the church in Carcassonne to see the tombstone of Simon de Montfort in the church, the cathedral in Carcassonne. And I was quite taken aback by that. And so I decided to sit with him. Now, his body actually isn't there. He was removed from there at some point uh, in the future, but his tombstone was, was there, and he was there. Um, so the, his energy was, was certainly present. So I sat with him for a period of time, which may, for some people, seem a strange thing to do. But I really, really wanted to get an understanding of what this was all about. And the sort of message that I got internally was that things were not as they seemed. Uh, yes, indeed, Simon de Montfort was, was uh, brutal that he was following orders, he was doing exactly what he was told. The crusade was uh, organized and agreed to by the, the then French king and the Catholic Pope. So he was under orders, actually, as an English knight, to carry out these horrendous tasks. But from his perspective, his understanding was that this was the right thing to do, uh, and he was just doing his job and doing it very, very effectively. And so at this moment in time, as a, as a, as a person trying to clear and cleanse energies that are stuck and stagnated. 
uh, it becomes, I believe, our responsibility to help clear absolutely everybody. And so while we were in Kharkasan, we did this beautiful clearing work on, on different sites around the area to release any and all traps souls for whatever reason, for why they were there was without judgment, simply providing the opportunity for them to go home, to go back to their, their home vibration. And so we, we did that and uh, felt really, really good about it afterwards and felt that there was a tremendous lifting uh, of the energies there. You might want to ask the question, how do we do that clean work? Where do we go? What do you, what do you choose to do? And, and, and we, we operate intuitively and we choose a site that seems to be in some way connected energetically or a place that seems to be a most natural uh, point of uh, release energetically. And we come together in sacred ceremony and we offer the opportunity for any trapped souls in that particular area, any energies uh, that are stale and stuck from the past, and offer the opportunity for those energies to be released and set free. Um, it's challenging work, uh, but it's really, really important work. And we now have a new ally in the sense that we are now working with this beautiful energy of the cinnabar crystal ball and quartz crystal. Because the cinnabar, which is a toxic itself, it's a mercury ore, which is toxic, and you can't handle it uh, directly. But because it's been injected into a quartz crystal, we can hold the quartz and the vibration of the mercury without uh, being affected by it in a negative way. But because it's a toxin, it will absorb from us incredible amounts of toxic material. And so we're now using the, the cinnabar in our work to do these, these clearing energies. So now we set off to Montségur, which was the actual site of the final stand of the Cathars, where about 200 people were besieged at the top of this mountain, Montségur, where the crusaders had them completely barricaded off and uh, besieged at the top of the mountain. So they came down and, and had a discussion and asked for a, a two-week period of grace to decide what they were going to do. And the options were that they would convert to Catholicism or that they would be burnt in the fire. Um, many people believe that they took this two-week uh, opportunity to clear themselves, cleanse themselves, but also to get some of their artifacts, their treasures, away from Montsegur. Now, when you're there, um, there's a pretty steep walk at one side and sheer drops on the other three. So it's hard to imagine how anybody would have been able to get out or how any artifacts would have been gotten out. The belief is that there were tunnels uh, in, the, in the mountain and that they lowered people and objects down by ropes and that some of the knights, the Templars in particular, who were part of the crusade actually assisted in getting the, uh, some people away and, and, and some artifacts away. And when you're climbing Don Segura in this beautiful Languedoc, uh, sort of on the, the edge of the Pyrenees, beautiful green mountains, not high mountains, but just mountain tops, where they built these beautiful uh, castles on the peaks of these, uh, of these rocks and these mountains. And the first thing that strikes you is why? Why would anybody want to bother them? Why, why would they be so important as to have a crusade, the only crusade ever led against your own people? The truth is that they knew the secret. They knew the secret to immortality. They knew the secret to eternal life. They knew how to live the life of the perfect, pure human being. And they were beginning to attract the attention of the French nobility. 
So this meant that if the French nobility started becoming Cathars or behaving as Cathars and learning the secrets of Catharism, then the Roman Church, the Roman Catholic Church, would lose its grip on, on the people. And so the only way this could be suppressed, they believed, was to wipe out the Cathars entirely. And so the two-week period is over, and so the Cathars walk down from the top of Montségur straight into the fire, and they're all burned alive. Now, when you're there, you would think that the energy in that spot would be terrible. Energetically, you would think that it would be just a desperate, desperate energetic vortex, negative vortex. But in reality, it isn't. And what you, what you come to realize is that they were so pure, there was so much in their hearts, there was so much in love, that the energy is just this vibrant, beautiful, joyous energy, particularly at the top of the mountain. So if you can imagine this, uh, this mountain or this hillside, that the Cathars always uh, had these structures where it was a mountain going up to a point, up to an apex, where they had out rock outcrops near the top and at the top, which they then built uh, rock on the rock, as a, like a castle top. And what they were doing is utilizing the natural earth energies as it moved up the landscape to do a sort of a, a mounting kundalini energy rising so that when they lived at the very peak, they were really, really close to God through the crown chakra. They did their heart work in the center and they came to the crown and they just were fully connected to spirit, living a simple but beautiful life at the top of the mountain. And so when we ascended, there happened to be several hundred Rosicrucians who gathered at Montsegur once every five years they were on their pilgrimage the same day that we, we were. And so there was this beautiful, positive upsurge of energies. Everybody climbed up to the top of Montsegur and experienced once again these magnificent energies at the top. And we continued to do ceremony and, and uh, all, all the things that uh, the Cathars themselves did, I'm sure, at the top of the mountain. But the energy there is just absolutely crystal clear and beautiful. So we went from there and moved on to the very, very famous Rennes-le-Chateau and the uh, Languedoc and Rennes-le-Ban and just the beautiful energies of uh, those mysterious and mystical results of uh, the priest Saunier and building the chapel there and what was that really all about. And when you go into the chapel in Rennes-le-Chateau, there were so many clues in there. You can almost become overwhelmed looking around and seeing all of the energies that are there and, and, and what they mean. But what it seems to me is most important about Rennes-le-Chateau is the idea that this is all about the game, the play between the dark and the light, the fact that we have to embrace our shadow side, that we have to take a good look at it. We can't stuff it away. We can't ignore it that there is this beautiful dance that we are in, connecting together the as above, so below, the shadow side, the light side, and how both need to be present, and how we can work with both. Because the shadow side is the material world. It's what we've come to experience here on Earth. It's why we came. So all these signs and signals, I believe, are set up for us to know that it's okay to live this life as a physical being, that it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to become tempted from time to time with things so long as we are always striving to do our best, looking to serve humanity in whatever way that we can. 
and being kind to ourselves when we do trip up occasionally. And so walking around uh, Renle Chateau and, and around the chapel and the Magdalene uh, Tower, which is right on the precipice of the landscape. There is a landscape zodiac in, in Renle Chateau, and it, 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 it spreads out over the landscape below the Magdalene Tower. Now, there are several different beliefs about why Saunier built the tower there, why he built the chapel, what he knew, where all the money suddenly came from, because there was a lot of money suddenly showed up when he built the chapel. But again, it's almost, when, what I found when I was there, it's almost irrelevant. Um, what is relevant is that we go on our own journey and we, and we see through the energy of the Christ and the Magdalene uh, that we have this opportunity ourselves to become fully balanced and, and, and whole. Probably one of the highlights of the whole journey for me was in that area, uh, and it is the area of Mount Bugarach. Mount Bugarach is a, is a very, very imposing mountain, and when you look at it, you just know that you're in a very, very powerful energetic vortex. And again, there's all sorts of uh, rumors and uh, visions that have taken place around Bugarach. Uh, lots of UFO activity and, and appearances. And one of the things uh, that's been really interesting for me, because I've known for some time, or believed, let's say, for some time, that radioactivity uh, plays a significant part in our awakening process. And it's part of the alchemy, it's part of the healing energies. When you go to a mineral hot springs, for example, um, people talk about the mineral uh, content. And yes, there is high mineral content. But there's also low-level natural radioactivity flowing through the waters. And Mount Dugarak is, in fact, a site of, of powerful radioactive energy. It's got uh, very high uh, uh, percentage of uranium ore within the rocks of uh, Dugarak, which is what makes it a radioactive source. And so the beautiful waters flowing out of Mount Dugarak uh, are charged with energy. So I'll take my next break there, and we'll come back shortly with our pilgrimage through France and the UK. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-T-V.com. 
visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Again, just a thank you to our sponsors, Guyam TV for sponsoring this uh, series of shows. Open your mind, awaken your spirits, original interviews with great visionaries, the world's first online video library devoted to supporting your awakening journey. www.guiamtv, G-A-I-A-M-T-V. And if you click on the banner, you can have a 10-day free trial to see if TV suits your needs. So a big thank you to TV for supporting me on my sacred journey with you on this show, Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. So let's go off uh, briefly at Lourdes um, in southwest France. Interesting place. Um, obviously, people, huge numbers of people go there for miraculous healings, and it's got a lot of um, razzmatazz and uh, stuff that I don't really appreciate. Um, however, uh, I have to say that the actual grotto itself is extremely powerful. This is the grotto where uh, Mary appeared to Bernadette um, in a vision and continued to do so and, and brought her information. And in the grotto, the sacred healing waters are flowing through the rock and out. Uh, and, and where you can experience that, there's a well inside, inside the cave. It's a very, very powerful spot. And you can take the waters and, and, and work with those waters energetically for your own healing. And so you've got this really interesting situation where there's this beautiful natural cave with these sacred healing waters flowing where Mother Mary appeared to Bernadette and therefore you know that there's an energy vortex there otherwise she wouldn't be able to appear there. And the Catholic Church has been built right on top of the grotto so all of the natural energies flowing through cave are being utilized through the altar above um, and you've got all the people there who are making money out of people who are sick and it's a very 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 interesting dilemma uh, when you're there not not wanting to get into judgment or anything like that but if you can put aside all of those feelings and just go into a place of heart-centered love and peace and spend some time in the grotto it's a very, very special place indeed. And I came away from there, I must admit, feeling fully charged for the next leg of our journey, which took us to Chartres Cathedral. And I think Chartres Cathedral is one of those places that everybody in the world should visit at some time, uh, in, in that certainly if you're following a, a, a path that has uh, Christ and Mary at some point in, in the center of, of your journey. Chartres Cathedral is an absolutely magnificent building built very deliberately uh, for the sacred geometrical patterns of perfection for us to work with inside the cathedral. And we had a, a, essentially a full day to experience Chartres in the morning 
walking the labyrinth and in the afternoon going into the crypt. Now, at this point, I just want to make a comment about uh, expectation because we had this group of 27 people all dedicated to their spiritual journey going to Chartres Cathedral, which is one of the most powerful vortex spots on the planet. It was built completely on a natural pagan mound of great natural energy flow. And the Knights Templars, with the information from the Temple Mount, built this structure on it to enhance those energies to the maximum. And so you have this incredible structure, and everybody goes there with this great expectation of receiving healing, receiving insight, whatever that is. Well, when we stepped inside, I've been to Sharpton several times before, when we stepped inside the west entrance, which is where you normally go in, when the labyrinth is in the floor in front of you, things didn't feel quite right. And straight away, realized very easily that they were doing renovations inside the chapel. So there's scaffolding up. People are banging away doing their work. Uh, the Black Madonna of Chartres, which is an absolutely beautiful pure energy, has been moved. She, she normally resides above the well. And it was a Friday, and the labyrinth was open, so there were lots of people walking the labyrinth. And so in anticipating this beautiful sacred journey on entering into the cathedral, um, from my perspective, it was, oh, hang on a minute, this isn't, this isn't quite what it's supposed to be like, because I know Chartres and its energy quite well. So I decided that I needed to do some, again, clearing work for the cathedral itself to bring it into its normal functioning space. And I didn't know exactly how I was going to do that, but I felt the need to do so. So rather than go in and walk the labyrinth, I went in and walked around the, the cathedral to try and get a sense of how and why this was feeling a little bit off, why there was a distortion in the energy there compared to normal. And I could feel this uh, swirling, almost confused head energy in the place. And one of the things I came to realize during the day was that when you've got a lot of people in a labyrinth who don't necessarily know the, the, the right way to walk a labyrinth, if they're doing a lot of looking around at what other people are doing and, and not quite knowing what they're doing themselves, because you're walking the labyrinth, you're changing direction, your energy is swirling and moving, and the whole point of the labyrinth is to be in the present moment. So you move your feet very slowly and deliberately so that your analytical mind is taken up with the journey your feet are taking so that your intuitive mind can take over the rest of the journey as you walk the labyrinth. And so if you can imagine, there were probably 50 to 60 people in the labyrinth at any one moment lining up to go into the center, uh, then you can begin to get a sense, I think, perhaps of, of, of how that disruption is there on top of all of the disruption of the actual cathedral itself energetically with all the uh, renovations and construction and movement that's taken place. So how do you then put, th put things right? Well, I went wandering off and, and I decided that the only place that I could go to get myself centered and to get myself in the right place was in front of the Black Madonna. And so I stood in front of the Black Madonna and, and uh, there were a couple of members of, of our team who, who I said I would do some healing work with in the cathedral. So they came over and, and I did the healing work and unbeknownst to us, we were being watched by a, another gentleman who then came over to us in French asked if... I would do a healing for his wife. And so uh, I won't go into the details of what took place, but 
we did a surrogation. We put him in, in, in surrogation for his wife and, and asked all the questions to ensure it was safe and appropriate for him to do that and it was safe and appropriate for us to do the healing. And while we were doing that check by Psych K, there was this absolute massive heart-opening energy came through him, through me, to demonstrate that we didn't need to do the Psych K thing. It was just absolutely overwhelmingly beautiful. And that one moment, for me, shifted the energy of the whole cathedral. This man was so uh, grateful, so open, so wanting to be supportive of his wife, that his entire heart energy just transformed and transmuted everything else. It was an absolutely beautiful, beautiful experience, which then, for me, opened up the rest of the day into this beautiful heart chalice, which is what Chartres is. So the point of telling the story is when we go into sacred space, when we go into sacred ceremony, when we go into places that we know and we love and we feel great about, it's really important to check in first to be sure that it is as it normally is or it is as you expect it to be. And if it isn't, not just to plow on and do what you're going to do anyway, but make some changes in your plans so that you can bring it back to where it normally is, so that you can hold space for that container to make sure that it is functioning exactly as it should be. Now, the other thing that people are often asking me is, how do you know if you've been successful? How do you know if you've actually done what you set out to do? And that's a great question. And, you know, you can feel really good inside. You can have all of that um, feeling of contentment, of a job well done, often a drained feeling of, you know, you pour all you've got into the situation. But feeling basically did a good job. Well, what was beautiful about this journey for us was we, we were getting the confirmation of the work that we were doing before we did the work, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, and I'll give you the example. We, we, we were not consciously aware of it, but the indication had already been given. And I have to give some wonderful credit to my good friend Ernie von Bessiger here because on that morning, before, I'm getting all emotional now, on that morning before we began our work in Chartres Cathedral, typically only gets up very early in the morning and goes and walks and transmutes energies as he goes before anybody else is awake. And on this particular morning, he decided to go up to Chartres Cathedral for the sunrise, which was at about 7.40 in the morning. But instead of standing on the obvious uh, east side of the cathedral to see the sunrise on the cathedral, he was actually standing on the west side. And this absolutely, absolutely remarkable series of photographs emerged that he took with the sun glinting off the walls of Chartres Cathedral, which are stone walls, obviously. And the only description that I can give in seeing this set of images that uh, Bernie produced as the sun rose on Chartres Cathedral was that it became a glittering temple. It became an alchemized golden temple with shimmering gold down all of the surfaces of the cathedral. As the sun rose above the horizon, it picked up the stonework in Chartres and created this glittering liquid gold surface to the cathedral. Now, I didn't, I didn't see those photographs until later on, but it demonstrated very clearly to me that the job had already been done. I'll return with this story in a few minutes. It's very important. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaim TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-TV.com. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'm just enjoying rambling on here about our experiences recently in France and, and now in the U.K., and I just want to finish off that story by saying, you know, the work is already done in the etheric. It's already taken place, but it doesn't mean that we don't have to do it here on planet Earth. We have to ground those energies in. We have to be the physical presence in the Earth plane that, that brings the change about in physicality. But we're getting signs all the time that the work uh, is already done at the higher levels in the etheric planes, and we are simply doing our work as agents of uh, change and, and transformation here on the planet. So then we're off to Paris, and we had a couple of great days in Paris. And when, when you've seen the layouts of the streets of Paris, and you walk the Champs-Élysées, and you understand the way in which that city is laid out as a reflection of the city of Luxor in Egypt, and you walk along, and you see the aspects, the elements. And for me, the most exciting opportunity this time was I'd, I'd never known the importance before of the Grand Arch. I knew about the Louvre Pyramid and the, the Arc de Triomphe. But essentially, when you begin right down at the Louvre, there's an arch, a smaller arch, and it's a basically a 248 expansion through the smaller arch, through the obelisk, right in the center, right through the Arc de Triomphe and the Grand Arch. So it's a 248 expansion. It's a tesseract. It's a hypercube, and we drove in a very fast taxi all the way along that route and right up to the Grand Arch and ran up the stairs at the Grand Arch, which is a massive, massive structure, which lines up the city of uh, the, 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 sorry, the city of Paris with Dendera. 
where the Dendera Zodiac is, and in fact there's a beautiful copy of the Dendera Zodiac in the Louvre, and that was where Isis was born, and uh, Paris is a reflection of Isis, the sacred feminine, and so to actually experience that in physical was just quite remarkable. We spent some time at the Eiffel Tower, we had a similar experience there uh, as we did at Chartres with this beautiful gold and light shimmering down the edge of the Eiffel Tower as, our, as we completed our time there. And then I headed off to London and spent some time again in the streets of London looking at the different structures that again have been designed within the landscape. Christopher Wren very much doing so with the uh, St. Paul's Cathedral and the laying out of the city of, of London streets. We spent some time in the Tower of London and the London Eye, which gives you a magnificent view over the landscape of, of London. And again, the rainbow appeared, just an absolutely magnificent, exquisite rainbow appeared to demonstrate that, uh, that we had done our work and that we were completely on track. Which brought us out into the English countryside where we have spent uh, today. Stonehenge this morning and uh, very powerful, intense energy. Some people have said uh, in recent time that actually Stonehenge uh, uh, is not as powerful as it used to be. If it wasn't, it has definitely been reactivated. The energies there today were absolutely beautiful, strong, intense, focused energy as we moved around the structure. When you go into Stonehenge, the way in which uh, the English heritage have set it up is for people to walk in a counterclockwise direction, which seems to me totally wrong. So we actually went in a clockwise direction to, to put that energy back in, in its right, uh, rightful place. But we were, we were certainly able to connect with the ley lines and the energy grids that run through this magnificent structure, which requires sound. And throughout this trip, we were aware of how important sound toning is when we visit these places of, uh, of natural beauty and uh, man-made structures that one of the most important elements of it all is, is sound frequency, sound vibration. And then we had this beautiful experience with the Devil's Den, which is a megalithic dolmen structure, uh, two uh, sides and a plinth that goes across the top, a flat top. And in the flat top, there's an indentation. So it's almost like a skull cap. And you put your head right into that and you start to tone. And you tone different vibrations, different resonances, and it echoes around inside your head. So it's a beautiful resonance chamber. Uh, for you to do your, your inner work and, and your own clearing. And then off to Avebury this afternoon, which for me is probably the most significant uh, sacred site on the planet that I've come across so far for me personally. It's where the Michael Mary line that runs across England comes together, and it comes together beautifully coming over a hillside where the Michael line runs up a processional avenue and the Mary line comes over this, this hillscape, and they come and they merge together as they go through the space between two giant uh, monoliths. It's absolutely exquisite energy. And in that moment, we're now in the sign of Libra. In that moment, you feel this absolutely beautiful, balanced, harmonious energy between the male and the female. There used to be in that uh, spot um, a ring stone, a perfectly round smooth stone with a hole in the center where people used to get married because the balance of the male and the female was exactly right. And people used to pass their children through the ringstone because the energies there were so perfectly balanced that the child would be cured of 
all ills and would never have any ills as a result of that. Uh, the ringstone sadly is now no longer there. Um, but again, you know, the, the energies that you can pick up in these places uh, is just absolutely beautiful. So long as you have done your inner work first, what tends to happen is if you haven't done the necessary clearing work, uh, then... <coughs> That's an interesting one, isn't it? I'm in my own clearing issue here. Is that people's stuff comes up and gets amplified. So you have to then deal with your stuff before you can experience the energies of the sites. And so whenever you go into these sites, it becomes really, really important to ensure that you have done your inner work, that you have come to terms with all your shadow side, so you can get this really, really clear connection. We've got a couple of days left, and we're going to be heading down to Pintagel, to the Merlin Arthur Energies, again on the Michael Mary line, and then returning to Glastonbury, and beautifully, this uh, and synchronistically, this Sunday is the legal workshop in Glastonbury with Anthony Sawley. So a group of us are going to be going to that workshop and being part of that before we enjoy our own uh, legal workshop uh, in Victoria the following week. So it'll be really interesting for us to be walking the landscape of Glastonbury and getting an insight from Anthony uh, to how they actually do their workshops and how they connect their knowing of the particular sun signs with, with the landscape itself. In conclusion, I just want to say that uh, having been away from home this length of time and, and being out in, in these beautiful energetic places, some man-made, some natural, uh, with uh, a beautifully coherent group of people all wanting to achieve the same thing, which is their own enlightenment, their own awareness, their own ability to contribute to the planet and to the movement forward on, on planet Earth. I have to say that after this uh, couple of weeks away, I am really heartened and really feeling positive about a movement forward, not just with people in the spiritual realms, but I just felt a general sense with the people that I met on this journey, uh, the general public in, in uh, both countries, in, in England and France, that there seemed to be a much more positive, lighter, brighter attitude in general to life and to making a difference in the world. So I am extremely uh, uh, upbeat and uh, optimistic about what is to come for us all. Um, conclusions, probably too early for me yet to have reached. I'm still processing my own journey. I'm still uh, obviously reflecting and thinking about things and, and obviously have already left out quite a lot of things that have taken place. But I'll just finish on a, just, an, just how this world is, is operating. So it was pouring with rain in Avery this afternoon, so we popped in the Red Lion pub for a cup of tea about four o'clock this afternoon and there were five of us together. Ernie Von Vetter just shows up and his brother's best friend is in that pub. How can that possibly be? Of all the places in the world, he lives in Toronto, we live in Victoria. How can that happen? <laughs> it's just absolutely remarkable. And all we have to do is just embrace it and love it. I think what a beautiful world in which we live. We get so many signals that we tend to ignore that let us know we're on the right, right track and we just need to smile and laugh and have, uh, have some humor around all of this.
My guest next week is going to be Kevin McMahon. And Kevin has done some unbelievable work with uh, Google Earth to demonstrate some of the very powerful structures around the planet, both uh, formed naturally uh, through the landscape structures and also uh, these massive pentagramic structures that are being utilized by some structures uh, that have been built by the Masons in particular. The International Peace Gardens, for example, is one, uh, which is right in the middle of nowhere uh, on the Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Manitoba border. So uh, I'm looking forward to interviewing Kevin, and by then I will be back in Canada and look forward to meeting with you next week. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.